The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. I'd like for you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading that verse number 4. I know it says verse 10 on the screen, but in, re- in reviewing this morning, I decided to start at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's a good place to start, amen? Let your moderations be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the mercy that you you show us. And Lord, today, we just need to learn to be content. Hallelujah. All I have is Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life. Speak to our hearts and minds today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to teach you anything today that you haven't heard before. I'm not going to give you some earth-shattering revelation. There are, no, there, are, there are no things to give you that have not already been given you from the Word of God. I'm just going to remind us about some things today. Are you content in every circumstance you face? You see, Paul states here that he knew how to be content, whether he had plenty or whether he was in need. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 28, we read Paul concerning Paul's life. He says, of the Jews... Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. 
A night and a day I have been in the deep. We don't have that verse to project? Okay. Then you have to trust me. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And here we see Paul sharing with us the burdens he bore, the, the, the troubles he carried in his Christian life. Yet he says that he knows how to be content. I wonder how many of us here this morning would be content if we had to go through the things Paul went through in his life. If we had to be beaten and shipwrecked and floating around in the middle of the sea in perils. He was stoned by his own countrymen, left for dead. All these things Paul endured, he endured for his, by, by his love for Christ and and, and he was content. He was, he was content with that life. I just have to wonder if I would be content. Now the truth of the matter is, you and I will never face the things Paul faced. We won't face these things in our lifetime. Yet we fail to be content at all times. We are envious of others around us. We become, we become angry and we become, we become wantful. Jealousy and all these things over the, over the things that we see around us that we cannot have. So Paul learned how to be content. And this morning I would like, I would like to be able to do that too. Wouldn't you? So what factors did Paul employ in his life to remain content in all things? And he discloses the secret to us this morning in our text. Now, as we know, the answer, of course, lies in the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, Paul says, But by the grace of God... I am what I am. So Paul acknowledges that all that he is, all that Paul is able to do, is, be, is because of the grace of God. So we know this morning, the answer lies in the grace of God. Because of God's grace, Paul was enabled. He was empowered to ignore his feelings. He was empowered to, to ignore his wishes. And you think Paul, Paul probably had, had dreams and hopes. He probably had desires, yet he laid them all aside. He gave them all up. He, he, he was enabled, he was empowered by the grace of God to, to forget about all those things and to focus on what God wanted him to do. To focus on what God wanted him to be. 
You know who gets in God's way most of the time? We do. We get in God's way. God is, God is working things out in our lives for His glory and to His purpose so that we can do what He wants us to do and we get in the way. Now I'm not saying that we can stay the hand of God, that we can, that we can defeat the will of God, but we keep getting in the way. You ever, you ever, you ever see some, ever have somebody get in your way? Huh? You're trying to get somewhere, especially like walking in a crowd, you know, and you're trying to get around the crowd. And just when you're about to break free, somebody steps in front of you and gets in your way. Huh? How many of you commute to work? Any of you commute to work? Oh, you're blessed. You're blessed. I commute every day. 60 miles round trip. And I tell you what. It just drives me crazy when people get in my way. But we keep getting in the way. But Paul had his priorities straight. And he knew God would sustain him and supply his needs. Philippians 4.19. We read, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We don't need to worry about these things. We don't need to, we don't need to, to involve ourselves in, and fret and worry about what we're going to do. Listen, God supplies the needs of his children. Amen. I don't, I, I just, I could preach for two hours right here. Paul had detached himself from the temporal things so that he could concentrate on the eternal things. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul detached himself from worldliness. He detached himself from temporal material things. And he focused his life on the eternal things of God. Too often in our lives the desire for more or better possessions is really a longing to fill a void in our personal lives. And that void is fellowship with Christ. And this morning, if this is your focus, then you will never find contentment. A Christian can only find contentment in his fellowship with Christ. There is no other place. So based upon Paul's statements, I want to look at what he found that made him so content. Where did he... Place his focus in his life. I'm going to share these things with you and we'll be done. Number one, you will find contentment in your position. Philippians 4.10, Paul says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Paul's position, or persuasion, if you will, was one of walking or living by faith. And we see that in verse 10. When Paul wrote these words, 
he was deprived of almost all creature comforts. When he, when he wrote Philippians 4.10, Paul was in prison awaiting his execution. But what he did not lack was love, joy, peace, and contentment. Because of his faith in God and his fellowship with Jesus, his all-sufficient Savior, he had learned to rejoice in all that God provided for him. You know, we spend so much time complaining about what we don't have that we forget to be, rejoice and be thankful for what we do have. Hmm? I challenged my high school students once to go home and to make two lists. One list of everything, all the blessings, and another list of all the things they don't have that, that, that they should have. And I told them, unless, unless you lie, the lists of things you, the blessings you have are going to be a lot longer than the list of things you want and don't have. What caused this present rejoicing for Paul? He rejoiced in the Philippians' concern for him. And he expressed his gratitude for their support of him. The concern and support provided evidence that his ministry among them was bearing fruit. Notice in verse 10, it says he rejoiced in the Lord. And this rejoicing was not because his material needs were met. It was not because he was popular with other people. His rejoicing was in the brotherhood he shared with his fellow believers, his brethren. And this brotherhood was the result of his position in Christ. You and I share in this brotherhood today. And we rejoice with each other when, when, when one person has a blessing. And we mourn with one another when one person suffers. When we're all part of the body. And when one part of the body suffers, all of the body suffers. You ever stub your toe? Huh? The whole body hurts, doesn't it? Yes. You scream out, ah! Yeah, it's not fun to stub your toe. You ever see anybody stub their toe and just look down and go, hmm. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. The whole body mourns together. Oh, yes. Paul was rejoicing because of the fellowship he had, because of his position. The love, joy, and peace we have today because of our position in Christ is such that we have no need of earthly riches or pleasure. Hebrews 13.5, Paul writes, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I can rejoice today and I can be content no matter what's going on in my life because I know that God is present with me and that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. And let me tell you, there's no greater joy than that. We will be content with the life we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In this, Paul is stating that he is crucified with Christ. His flesh has been put to death at Calvary. Yet, though he is crucified, he still lives. But it is not Paul who lives, rather it is Christ that lives in and through him. Therefore, the life that Paul lives is by faith. Faith in the Son of God. Listen, contentment begins with knowing Christ. We'll never be content unless our position in Christ is correct. But then secondly, this morning, I want you to consider not only your position, but number two, your perspective. Your perspective, or your point of view, you might say. Philippians 4.11, Paul said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, I'm sure Paul greatly appreciated their encouraging generosity. But in this verse, he assures them that despite his circumstances, he was not wanting. He had learned to be content with what God provided, irrespective of what that did to his circumstances. It is significant that the apostle had to learn that virtue and adopt that attitude. Contentment is not natural to most of mankind. We have to learn to be content. We have to learn to be satisfied. Now, if, if we're going to learn to be content, that means we've got to be willing to let go of things. We have to be willing to, to be a part of, of the relationship. I've been married for, it'll be 40 years this year. You know, that's a long time. That's a long time. I, uh, I look back sometimes and think, wow, it's been a rough road. I don't know how we got past some of those things. But we got past them. My wife and I got past all those difficult times. Because we let things go. You know, some things just aren't worth fighting about. You know that? Sometimes you've got to let go of your pride. Sometimes you've got to let go of your wishes and your desires. And you have to just give in and give way. That was Paul's attitude. Paul learned to be content. He learned to let go of, of his goals. He learned to let go of his desires. He learned to let go of his wishes and focused himself on God's desires and God's wishes. And in doing so, his perspective changed. His point of view changed. And he began to realize that everything God desired for him was what he desired for himself. He learned how to be content. He had found the Lord in his strength enough for any circumstance he encountered. I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Let's turn there. Just a few books toward the front of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's take a look at verse number 7. We read here, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Yes. Paul found the strength of God through grace to face everything he must face in life. You know, an old cow gives good milk. But she sure is dumb. She has a whole field, a whole pasture in which to feed. But no grass seems quite as tasty as those patches outside of her own pasture. She stretches her head through the barbed wire fence. Right behind her lies an entire pasture of everything she needs. Excellent grazing land, beautiful shade trees, a cool, refreshing stream, even a big chunk of salt, maybe. What could she want more? But she does, doesn't she? You ever see that? Any of you ever? You grew up around cattle, you'll see that. They go to the fence and they'll stick their head through and they'll graze on the other side of that fence. Got a whole, got a whole pasture behind them. What's wrong with them? Sometimes we act like that old cow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do. We think that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. We are constantly coveting and seeking to obtain what we don't need. We confuse our needs with our wants. How absolutely miserable we become. What folly there is in discontent. If you are a Christian, the greatest blessings in life are already yours. Did you know that? If you are a believer in Christ today, if you are his child, you've already got the greatest blessings you could ever want or need. Heaven is your home. God is your father. He's promised to never leave you. And he will supply your every need. So thank him for all that he has given you and be content. When this becomes your attitude, you will learn to appreciate how green the grass is on your side of the fence. And it's the lesson this morning that we all need to learn. We may not always be able to choose our circumstances, but we can choose our attitude toward them. The apostle gave us an example of how this works. He wrote, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. We always have a choice, and that choice will always make a difference. A good attitude can be your choice today. So, Paul learned to be content through his position, because of his position. He learned to be content through his perspective. Number three, I want you to think about your priorities. 
In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul states, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed, instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Allow me to paraphrase that verse, if you would. What Paul is saying is this. I know how to get along, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In and every, in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Most people would be inclined to think that to abound does not require any effort. It's easy enough to be content, they would say, when you have everything you need. Far harder it is to learn how to do without. But I don't agree with that statement. I think that of the two, abundance is a more searching test of a man's true character than scarcity. And the lack of devotion of our prosperous community proves it. Statistics reveal that for every man that shines under prosperity, there are a hundred or more that endure need or want. Greed begets greed. The more a man has, the more he wants. Turn with me to Mark chapter 12, if you would. Back toward the Bible, toward the front of the Bible a little bit. Back to Mark. And we're going to go to verse 12. Verse number 12, we'll read, beginning at verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came, and there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that this poor widow just hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Do you see that? We live in a society that places wealth above all things. Above honesty. Above integrity above compassion, above obedience. Remember the words of our Savior in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus said, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When Paul speaks about abounding, he is not alluding to a want for material things. Paul certainly gave all of his material wealth to the cause of the gospel, content to fulfill God's calling for his life. Remember in chapter, Philippians chapter 3, he writes, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those which are behind 
and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Our priority must be to serve God and to be content with such things as we have. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. The secret of contentment is found in Christ. Not in man's inventions. Not in creature conference. Not in techno toys. Not in wealth. Not in amusement. It's accepting what God has given us. And by his strength, making the most of it. Paul had learned the secret of trusting God in every situation and in all situations as a whole. True contentment comes from God alone. We must ask him to flood us with his presence and strengthen us with his love so that we will be satisfied with him. Hallelujah. All I have is Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life. Only then can we find contentment. We find contentment in our position, in our perspective, in our priorities, and then lastly this morning, in your power source. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The apostle takes no credit for discovering or learning the lesson of contentment on his own. He did not trace his resources to some inner fortitude that would enable him to take whatever life brought. Instead, his strength for everything lay in the one who continually empowered him. It was because of his enabler that he could do all things through him who strengthened him. This is one of the most important verses in the Bible. Our strength comes from the Lord. See what he said? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Our help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from what? Anybody know? The Lord. The psalmist wrote, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And that's our power source. You and I can endure the trials and hardships that intrude into our lives. Not because we're strong enough to bear them but because our help comes from the Lord. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not be afraid. Not because we are in charge, but because the Lord is with us and our strength comes from the Lord. Now, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. And, and he's, he's making that statement to us, so we can apply that to ourselves. I can do all things through Christ. But can I really do everything? There's some things I just can't do, right? Does that mean that I can run faster than a speeding bullet? Huh? 
Does that mean I can leap over a tall building with a single bound? Like Superman? No. Everything doesn't mean everything. It doesn't mean anything I want to do. Everything means all that God desires us to do. I can do all things. I can be a good husband through Christ, which strengthens me. I can be a good father through Christ, which strengthens me. I can be a good grandpa. And if you don't believe me, ask my grandkids. I can be a good grandpa through Christ, which strengthens me. I can be a good servant in my local church through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all the things that God has purposed for me to do because he has given me the power to do them. I can do all those things through Christ who strengthens me. We cannot do everything we set our mind to, but we can do all things that God gives us to do and be content with what he has given us to do them. As in Paul's own example, God had given them the ability to accomplish his will, whether he had plenty or whether he had overwhelming need. God's grace will sustain us no matter where he leads us. In my office, there's a, a gift that was given to me. It's a small little sailboat. And on, this, on the sails, there's engraved some words. And on that sail is engraved the words, God's will will never lead you where God's grace cannot sustain you. I see that every time I go in my office, I see that and I read those words and I I am encouraged and strengthened. Because I know that God will never call me to do anything. He'll never lead me into any situation where his grace is not able to sustain me. Even if I'm consumed, even if I die, God's grace still sustains me. And he does not leave my soul in hell. I can be content no matter what I face. No matter what's going on around me. I I don't have to be bitter. I don't have to be angry. I can be content. Because God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's with me in all things. God has ordered my steps. He's directed my path. God has led me in the way he wants me to go. And along that way, he will not forsake me. He may bless me with abundant material things. And if he does, we'll we'll use those for his work and, and be thankful for it. He may lead me in a path that takes me in the, in the way of the, of, of the, the leper or the, or the cripple at Lazarus' table. Need, needing and, and poor and needy. But in, that, in either case, whether we live in abundance or we suffer want, we, we can be content. We can be content because of our position. We can be content because of our perspective. We can, we can be content by setting our priorities right. And we can be content remembering our power source, Christ, who enables us to do all things that he's called us to do. 
Are you content today? I hope so. Sometimes we're not content though, right? Sometimes we're not happy, we're not content. It's in those times we need to remember what Paul taught us. We need to, we need to find contentment in the love of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that today we didn't have to dream up fancy sayings or cute little quips. <laughs> I'm thankful that to be a blessing today to our hearts and minds, all we needed to do was read your word. Just read the words that you've given us. Lord, help us to learn to be content. Help us to be satisfied with your will and, will and purpose in our life and just to be content. Just to be happy, to have joy and peace and through, through you and, and because of your love. Thank you, Father, for this time now. We ask that you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.